Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you've been around Oasis uh, for a, a few years, you'll know that in 2019 through to 2020, we started a series in the book of John. Now at this point, we're not now pressing play uh, to continue where we kind of stopped in March 2020, but rather we're gonna look at it through a lens of Jesus's invitation in John 10:10, where he says that he's come to bring life to you and to me, uh, whether we're in the room, whether we're online, whether we're watching at a different point, whether we know something of Jesus, when we think we know nothing of Jesus, that he's come in order that we could know life and life in full. And it's that that we want to look at because as we continue in the book of John, what we're going to discover is John begins to paint a picture of what that life in full looks like. John 20, 11 to 18. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. But Mary stood outside the tomb, crying, As she cried, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white. They were seated where Jesus' body had been. One of them was where Jesus' head had been laid. The other sat where his feet had been placed. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said. I don't know where they have put him. Then she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought it was he was the gardener. So he said, Sir, did you carry him away? Tell me where you have put him. Then I will go and get him. Jesus said to her, Mary? She turned towards him. Then she cried out in an Aramaic language, Rabbani. Rabbani means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me. I have not yet ascended to the Father. Instead, go to those who believe in me. Tell them, I am ascended to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. She said, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said those things to her. Hello all. Um, For those of you I haven't had the opportunity to meet yet, my name's Alice. um, And as well as being part of the Oasis family, Um, I also get the privilege of getting to travel to the Middle East as part of my work. Um, And so amazingly this Easter weekend I find myself in a slightly special city. Uh, I wonder if some of our younger or not so younger members in the building can maybe uh, try and guess. I'm going to give you some clues. So first of all, it's the capital of the country Israel. It's the city that Jesus rode into on a donkey. And I hear they make really good artichokes. Yes, I'm in Jerusalem, although I don't actually think uh, they grow Jerusalem artichokes here. I don't think Jerusalem artichokes are actually artichokes, but anyway. 
this is actually the city where the events that we've just heard about took place. Um, so I'm going to unpack that a bit for us this morning. So let's set the scene a little bit, shall we? Mary Magdalene has been a faithful follower of Jesus for the majority of his ministry. But as a female in a patriarchal society, she wouldn't be top of anyone's list as a person of significance. But yet Jesus treated her differently. He had touched her life in such a way that she was committed to following him. The poet and author Dorothy Sayers once wrote, perhaps it's no wonder that the women were first at the cradle and last at the cross. They had never known a man like this man. There never had been such another. But just a few days before, Mary had seen her hopes and her dreams shatter. She, along with the other disciples, had hoped that Jesus was going to free them from oppression, restore the kingdom of God by ruling as king in Jerusalem. But instead, they'd seen him strung up on a tree like an animal, beaten and humiliated by the very people he was meant to defeat, and now cold, dead and buried in a tomb. I was meeting a friend once just outside London Bridge, uh, where I used to live in London, and I just walked out of the station and was stopped by a tourist who was looking for the Shard. At the time, it was the tallest building on the London skyline. We both looked around, looked at his map. It's better be here. Why can't we see it? And eventually I said to him, I'm very sorry. Try heading towards the Thames. Um, it should be around there somewhere. And off he went. Thinking to myself, I need a better sense of direction. And then I slowly turned around and my eyes gazed up at the sky to see the shard directly above the building that I just walked out of. You see, we've been looking in completely the wrong direction. And we've been looking at ground level for something that was soaring straight above us. Too often our eyes are closed to what's right in front of us. We get so consumed by wanting to work things out for ourselves, pull ourselves through the ups and downs of life trying to sustain ourselves. And this is Mary, so overwhelmed and distressed by what her eyes had shown her, that she couldn't see through her tears who was standing just in front of her. But then Jesus simply calls her name. Her eyes are opened. Jesus is not dead, he's alive. Oh death, where is your sting? The first person to witness the resurrection of God himself is not someone who's held up in society as someone worth recognising. No. But yet Jesus chose those whom society deemed the least to be the first to witness his miracle. And this was just the beginning. The God of heaven seeks us out. By name even. Coming after us even when we're dirty, messy, sinful and doubting. Such that he would come from heaven down to earth. How does Mary respond? She explodes with joy and leaps to hug Jesus in a way that I imagine my housemate Charlie Pierce probably would. She wants to hold on to him and never let go. As a side note, Charlie really does give the best hugs. Mary recognises that this is something to celebrate. Her Messiah, our Messiah, has conquered death. But what good would it have been if Mary had kept this news to herself? No, because this is good news. This is something to share. Jesus straight away says, go to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. He's basically saying something amazing has happened and the world needs to hear about it. And does our world need to hear this good news? Well, you, you don't need to come to the Gaza Strip to do palliative care to see that our world needs this good news. Our world is broken. Politics fail. Science lets us down. Corruption wreaks havoc 
disease consumes life, war ravages nations, our world desperately needs a saviour. The biblical scholar Esau Macaulay recently wrote, to listen to the plans of some, after the pandemic we are returning to a world of parties and rejoicing. We are also returning to a world of hatred, cruelty, division and a thirst for power that was never quarantined. As we leave the tombs of quarantine, a return to normal would be a disaster unless we recognise that we are going back to a world desperately in need of healing. For me, the source of that healing is an empty tomb in Jerusalem. The work that Jesus left his followers to do includes showing compassion and forgiveness and contending for a just society. It's quite a call from him, isn't it? Last week, um, the team and I were in a hospital doing some teaching in the hospital. Um, sorry, in the hospital doing some teaching when the power went out. A novel occurrence in Gaza. And one of the nurses quickly got out her phone torch and a little more light came into the room. And she helped her other colleague find her phone torch. And then this passed around until once again we could see each other. If my colleague had just kept her light to herself, that would have been great for her. But for the rest of us, we would have been left in darkness. Jesus is alive, and this morning we celebrate it. His ministry began when he read the words from Isaiah. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. This gospel is good news. This is news that is more than worth sharing. It needs to be shared. I'm going to pray, and there's an opportunity to sing out praise to Jesus for all that he's done. If you don't feel comfortable praying that's absolutely fine but maybe this is your first time hearing this or your first time wanting to take hold of this good news for yourself that this new life this hope is something that you see and need and want to take hold of if that's you well i'm, I'm going to pray this prayer that says lord open my eyes to this gift of blessing that you're offering and help me take hold of it and then be able to share it let's pray together shall we Oh God, we want to thank you for all that you've done for us. We recognise now that we are broken, lost and without hope, but you came looking for us and found us hope. You paid the price of our sin and shame and now we can walk in the freedom bought for us. Lord, help us to follow you, being your hands and feet and voice in a world that needs this deep and lasting hope that only you bring. We praise you, Lord. You are wonderful. Amen. Oh,